Welcome to another week, a very special week of Ghosts in the Scene. I'm your host, Gio, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob. How are you, Rob? Oh, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary days. Uh, I'm floored. Uh, I, I don't know if we were quite ready for this week. Uh, it took us a while to prep for this one. Uh, you know, we're coming a little bit later than usual, uh, but... Yeah, it's pretty wild. I, I first I want to say um, special shout out before we get started. Uh, a happy birthday uh, to our some of the most influential people that I know. Uh, one, uh, of course, being yourself, Gio. Uh, happy Thank birthday you. to you. Thank you. I hope you have a you celebrate this most auspicious day. Um, it's you know the the, num the numerology of six and the nine going. To each other is i think really shows you know our our core our, our spiritual core the the kind of this infinite 666 kind of looping in on itself and of course it, it, this is also celebrating the day of our uh you know more troubled perhaps uh controversial figures mm -hmm. perhaps the most controversial figure in the world our nemesis you might call him our nemesis um you know the the one that always keeps us up at night we're talking about johnny depp i happen to share a birthday with this monster and i just want to shout him out that i haven't forgot about him he's not out of my sights and in fact i feel like you know i'm also in his sights too just like rob was you know um i felt a very cool sensation um, and someone whispered happy birthday uh, at midnight when I was sleeping in my bed. And it could have been him. It sounded like him. So, Johnny, I know you're there. And happy birthday to you too. But uh, I guess today is the our, our day of peace. We're both going to celebrate. And then, you know, 364 days out of the year, we're going to go after him. But not today. We have another monster in our sights. So let's get to that because um, we're going to have a lot of information pumping at you guys like rob said this was a very intense research week and my birthday is is good and all but the truth matters more than a symbolic day and i, I think that's what i want my present to be um i want it to be the truth so we're gonna give you that and let me tell you it's it's gonna be hard to wrap your mind around all of this so we're gonna give it to you as best as we can Let's get started with the news of the week. This is breaking news, guys. Uh, breaking as far as it was just released information, but this happened like a long time ago, 40 years ago. But um, Rob, you've told me about your fascination with the Yeti culture and with, you know, uh, cryptozoology. So we, we've talked about how Bigfoots can exist on DVDs with werewolves. 
So um, there's information about Bigfoots that you uh, got me privy to. So, so what's going on with that? Of course, and you may also know them as Sasquatch uh, is another term. Um, mm. Big hairy guys, uh, I've also heard them refer to as. Um, but, you know, when you really dive into it, it's all the same. And these creatures are, uh, you know, not just in North America. It's known for, you know, it's usually being on the Pacific West Coast, but is also found in other locations uh, such as the Himalayas, uh, the Andes, mm. perhaps uh, less research, but I believe there are some 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 large feeted creatures down there as well. Wow. Um, well, real quick pause. You just just totally uh, triggered me because you said the word Andy and feet, and I don't want to plug the new Toy Story movie, but think wow. about it. Think about it. The movie, the Toy Story movies have Andes on on a, a, a foot, right? Yeah, that's proof of of a Bigfoot in the Andes. I think case closed. So uh, so keep on going because I, I just want to shout out that Disney knows more than than they're telling. But obviously, if you know what they're saying, the the sub you know context, you can understand that yes, there are Bigfoot in the Andes because of Toy Story that they said so. Wow. Exactly. I mean, and that's really, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's why we're doing this show as well is to give this sort of media literacy to our audience to understand that the truth is out there. And actually, all these people are delivering you the truth every day, as long as you know how to look for it. Mm. Um, and Disney, especially with their vault, they're very stingy, and will never open up that vault to us. Uh, but you know, fortunately, there are other agencies that are more publicly available and have opened up their vaults. Uh, so, yeah, as Gio was saying earlier this week, the Federal Bureau, Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, uh, the, the United States of America, uh, recently opened up their vaults wow. and released uh, some letters uh, pertaining to their investigation on Bigfoot. Uh, and this is really breaking because, you know, this is, you know, the equivalent of the Disney vault opening, uh, but within our own public records. And, the, you know, the FBI is much more far ranging. Their vaults are much larger than the Disney vaults. But fortunately, since they are a public entity, you, we can petition. And I've been in the forefront of petitioning this for years. So mm -hmm. this has been a huge, huge victory, um, especially in the cryptozoology community to finally get this information out there to have proof at the very least, it has proof that the FBI, the top investigation uh, agency in our land, it has been looking into Bigfoot for years uh, secretly. And they've finally admitted that, that th this was something that was happening. You know, there's always been stories about, you know, maybe they have and uh, you know, these sort of false reports and people always kind of playing it down, but this is the first time we have hard proof. Uh, and you can find it yourself. This is publicly available, folks. That means you can go on the World Wide Web. Uh, you can surf that net and find this information for yourself. And within it, you'll find these letters about the FBI laboratory and uh, you know our paranormal investigators on the scene at the Bigfoot Information Center up in Washington. Uh, so big shout out to the Bigfoot Information Center in Washington. Uh, you know. 
props to you for keeping it uh, 100 in terms of the investigative uh, practice. And, you know, they could have tried to spill this information and release these documents themselves, but they chose not to because they are professionals. And realizing mm -hmm. that if you go against the FBI's wishes, they have the power and resources to shut it all down and to stifle information. So, uh, but in terms of getting the truth out there and being fearless advocates and continue to push and to get the FBI to release, this is the most, you know, the, the best option that we could have wished to have happened too, because this is coming from the FBI itself. So we know that it has that stamp of legitimacy that, you know, not just people within the paranormal activity world, but, you know, people that are just aren't really in the scene yet can see that this is serious and real stuff. Right. I mean, the news is, is talking about this. This isn't just, you know, us and the people that listen to the kind of, you know, paranormal community stuff are, are talking about it. It's CNN. It's the New York Times. Um, you know, Al, Al Jazeera, BBC, everybody is, is talking about this. This is on the tip of everyone's tongue. And when you look in the report, there are some telltale signs that they did do some cover-up work. The FBI, they had to release this. There was um, somebody, a whistleblower possibly, that, um, you know, was a rat in, in, in the house and told a little, you know, uh, too many... You know, bits of information to somebody and they piece the puzzle together and then of course when you catch the fbi in a lie and especially when it's an old lie they tend to kind of go the route of just releasing the information but redacting certain things and kind of changing certain you know things oh we don't have any records of of that you know we lost them we never you know we don't have um, any anybody that works there anymore, so they can't tell you. So there's a lot of things that they can say to cover their own track. And this report stinks to high heaven of them going with the Sharpie and changing certain things. So when you look at what the, the BIC, the BIC, the Bigfoot Information Center, they send in all of these samples of hairs. And, you know, they think... different samples. I mean, that's a lot of samples. That's More than two one, five, is, is, and out of a hundred different, you know, uh, samples. Because fifteen, think about fifteen hair samples. How much is a hair? You know, mm. you can cut up a hair into two hairs. You can cut up two hairs into four hairs. So think about how many individual hairs. What counts as a hair? Is it one strand? That's a hair strand. But how many? hairs can you get out of the hair strand that's a lot of tests they could have done on these samples now the first conclusion the fbi comes comes to is there is no known mammal or no, animal whatsoever but any animal yeah no lizard hair is is on there no snake hair mm -hmm. right no dolphin hair no whale hair this is something completely alien, maybe, right? Or nothing that they found. Then, and nothing we also have known to, to science, right? It's, I mean, at that point, they're admitting it's paranormal. It's outside and, the realms of our normal world. And we have to remember when this was. This is 1976. Another six year, and we've talked about how six years are very special. 
and maybe dangerous. And this could be a reason why, you know, uh, flare-ups of Bigfoot across the world in 1976 wasn't reported like like it would be now. But I mean, if, if you could imagine the movies that came out in the 90s kind of talk about stuff that happened in the 70s. We have Harry and the Hendersons, a movie about a Bigfoot who befriends a family in San Francisco. So these were real stories, documentaries about what really happened in the 70s. And okay. so it's not just the FBI that we can go to as a, as a source. We can go to film, which is why we're talking about it. Because this is, you know, obviously a Hollywood podcast. But there's real-life consequences and, and there's real-life documentaries about what happened. And we do think that they covered it up because then maybe a, a few months later, the next year... In, in 77, they say it's deer hair, right? Uh, the, the sample that you gave us. But, Rob, you you saw the, the syntax of, of what they said, and it's very telling because they didn't say the hair's samples, you know? Like, what was it they, they said? Uh, it's, it's very specific. It says... And I'm pulling it up right now, too, because there's, you know, stacks of papers to go through and reference materials, and mm -hmm. we're just pouring it through together. So here it is, the quote. The quote is, quote, recently, the hair sample, singular, photograph attached, was delivered to the laboratory by Mr. Howard S. Curtis, Executive Vice President, Academy of Applied Sciences, Science in Boston, Massachusetts. And the, this academy sponsors the cap captioned organization. So they got... They got the Boston, they got the Bean Town scientists, they got the guys from MIT working on this. Uh, and they say that the hairs determined, see, now they're switching up their syntax here. They said the previous sample, the, the, the hair sample, mm -hmm. singular. But, but then the next paragraph, they said the hairs, plural, were determined to be a member of the deer family. And, and they... also, it's really weird to me. I'm just going to throw in real quick. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that they have the top scientists in the country working on this, and they use the familiar English title deer and not like a Latin name. Oh, my For gosh. the specific, because they don't even say what kind of deer. Because, you know, deer, I, and that's kind of offensive to all deer out there, because I know there's a lot of different species, subspecies of deer. You know, is it a white-tailed deer, brown-tailed deer? Like... A this, Bambi? That makes, I mean, that makes a huge difference. Like, is it a deer that's actually um, local to the region of, you know, mm -hmm. of, of where they pulled those samples? Because that matters. Because that's scientific research. You know, this is 101. This is this is science 101, how to conduct mm -hmm. research. And there that's are some you glaring. Know. Right. These are some glaring holes in this report. That's how you know that it's, it's fake, that they covered it up because they didn't even do the extra work to, you know, categorize what kind of deer, what kind of, you know, what, what the sex of the deer was. You can tell a lot from a hair and they don't even say what a hair is. Scientists are supposed to quantify things. Okay. And if you can't even quantify what a hair is and what hairs are, then frankly, I don't take you seriously. And I don't think the science community takes you seriously. So there was some pseudoscience going on in the FBI in 1977, and maybe somebody, you know, because obviously the first report comes back and it's it's unverified, right? They don't know, and I think that's the kind of attitude yeah. that I think a lot of us should approach 
cryptozoology with. I've never met a Bigfoot, but possibly we have proof of other people coexisting with big feet over the world throughout time. Mm -hmm. So at some point, we're also missing the, the most important piece of this puzzle as well in terms of our timeline and how we know it's phony. Because mm -hmm. we have back in 1976 in the fall, I want to say around August, but you know, you can look up this report. Don't take my word for it. Look at the report yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but however, later that year and 1976, because they're corresponding because the, the evidence that we're given aren't official reports. They read more like letters that they're sending to each other back and forth of, from the Bigfoot Information Center because they, they need to know. It's like, you know, is this actually Bigfoot that we're experiencing here? Mm -hmm. And they actually send them a letter, you know, later in 1976 in September because uh, they're asking, though, okay, we send on our hairs. What's going on? You, you know, you said you'd be able to find out what's going on here. Uh, and later in September, they, they send them a letter saying that they, they, <clears throat> they say, quote, however, we have been unable to locate any references to such examinations in our files. Mm. And this isn't like years later. This is like a few months at most from them sending these samples. They lost and them. And then they send a letter later saying that they lost them, that there's no reference. Not only did they lost them, that they can say they lose them, they said that they never even had them to begin with. And that's where the cover-up starts. They switch out the Bigfoot hair for the deer hair. We get one confirmation letter that there was no known animal, right? And, and that's the first one they get. That's the leak. Yeah. That had to be the leak. That had to be somebody that put that in there. And they didn't, and, and of course, they sandwich in, but you know, in the front and in the back, these misinformation little packets that you just kind of you see that and you're like, oh, okay, they lost, they lost the stuff, the report's done, or oh, okay, turns out it's a deer, doesn't matter what right. kind but of deer. Then they come back later, they say, we don't have any records of it, but by the way, and then they come back in 1977, but by the way, it's deer hair. Yeah, how'd you test something that you never had? It's, I mean, so we have a leaker, we have a rat in the house, we have possibly a Bigfoot that wants to be seen. You know, it. we're talking about living in an intersectional world where different uh, minority groups are, are finally being able to be seen by the public. And I think the Bigfoot community is is one of these burgeoning topics that we haven't talked about. And it's this subgroup of, 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 of a people. I'm not sure if they can, you know, uh, live like in cities. I'm not sure what they do. You know, obviously, I'm not as uh, well-versed as you are. But I think that all of these, these Bigfoot sightings in, in the 70s haven't stopped. That there's still leakers. There's still possibly Bigfoot living among us. Right? And... I think we have uh, evidence of at least one, and this man has made a life. This is like the success story that all Bigfoot will look up to in the future. This is the one Bigfoot that made it out of the jungle or the Andes or you know the Himalayas, and he made a life for himself. So we're talking. Obviously, everybody knows we're talking about. We're talking about Brad Garrett. Do you know uh, Brad Garrett? Obviously, you, you've seen Everybody Loves Raymond. You know he's the the brother. 
Of course. I mean, that was his breakout role, too. And in terms of, like you said, like the 1990s and its impact for, um, you know, this field and this this awareness. I mean, mm-hmm. that was it's really our first breakout of paranormal awareness that was beyond things that were just scary or something to fear, but just embracing paranormal activity across the board. So, um, you know, this is an inspirational story in a sense, but I, maybe perhaps it's also a cautionary tale to see, you know, how at least starting in the 90s, you know, there seems to be more inclusion, but at the same time, the underbelly still has something a little bit darker underneath. You know, what are the mo- motives? I don't know about Brad Garrett's motives, but mm-hmm. I know that, you know, the higher ups of the ghost run media institutions don't most often if not always have not the bad, have bad intentions i'm just gonna say that they have bad yeah. intentions and no, they they're, they're they abuse the the i'm sorry i'm just so worked up no i understand over this Listen, as well but they, it, they are what it is when you work on haunted ground that's mm-hmm. not consecrated that's not blessed these these studios they've lived off the backs of ghosts and they've turned good ghosts into bad ghosts just through resentment, just through hate and overworking, overcrowding. Mm-hmm. When you are a, a Sasquatch and you are a, a minority, right? And, and you are coming up in, in a world that's made full of, of, you know, short, slim people and you're a tall giant monster, it's hard for you. And so you will take roles that, maybe weren't you know your first in you know your first one in the you had in mind so this is a cautionary tale about roles that actors and actresses and and, and people are willing to take just to to keep working to you know to to feed their their big feet children and so we have the story of brad garrett and this is something that is going to shock a lot of people so everybody get ready because I'm not playing around anymore. This is this is where the research really comes in. So Brad Garrett has been in a lot of movies, a lot of projects. And when we say that he's taken on different roles, different directors, paranormal activity has followed this man. And we and it's kind of crazy that we've never talked about him before, Rob, because we've talked about a lot of these movies separately they've had their own individual episodes and he's just flown right above our radar we don't know where he's been like maybe we've even talked about him almost just like bigfoot himself wandering through the forest just quite you know just just unseen you know exactly And i think today is the day that he finally walks out of that forest and we get that famous photo of him striding across and we finally get our first good look at him so here it is. So here's here's the first look. This is a man that has been in more than I'm going to say more than 5 Disney movies. And that's a lot. Okay? Let's let's go down some of the the more large larger titles. He was in Ratatouille. We talked about how there was a rat in the FBI. He was in a movie called Ratatouille. 
So right there, that should be your ears should be tingling to get a little warm. So get some ice cubes, rub them on your ears because they're going to get even warmer. He was because, in uh, Tangled. Before moving on, before moving okay. on, Tangled. Again, uh, and if you're in the scene, you already know this. Um, you know, not who did he play in Ratatouille as well? Oh my he, gosh. He plays a ghost. Gusto. Gusto the ghost. Yes. So again, when we're talking about, you know, especially in a time where they like to cross cast paranormal uh, creatures as well, it's like, oh, well, he's Bigfoot. He could also be a ghost. So, I mean, that, mm -hmm. again, this is just a little sample, just to keep this in your mind. And this is not his first time playing a ghost. And, and that's the kind of thing that Big Feet or Bigfoot people are good at. Obviously, he has a long list because he's been a ghost in multiple things. He was a ghost in Casper. He was Fatso. Fatso the ghost in Casper the friendly ghost. And if you remember, he was one of the unfriendly ones. So I, I'm not sure if he becomes friendly near the end. I think he might. But he's kicking and screaming the whole time. So he played a very mean ghost. And Gusto is supposed to be a good ghost. So there's some range in, in his acting. He's, he's not a one-note you know, a uh, jazz musician. He he can he can play the whole scale, which is nice. But we have him in a TV show called Everybody Loves Raymond. Now this is uh like like we said his starring you know like where he got kicked off and you know launched his career. He was a a, a cop, um, single man, right? Um, he was the son of. This, this man who was very crankety, very angry, and then his mom was overbearing. A lot of energy, right? A lot of, I would say, pent-up energy in, in his character, Robert. And a lot of paranormal activity, too. I think you don't talk about the, the spiritual strength of that series as well. As you said, mm -hmm. the father, uh, Peter Boyle, uh, the actor, it started off uh, because he was the Frankenstein monster in Young Frankenstein is how he started his career. Of course. Uh, that famous documentary about uh, Gene Wilder as a scientist um, who brought Peter Boyle to, to life, who created Peter Boyle. And that really happened. And, you know, rest in peace to Gene Wilder. He could have, he would have definitely come on the podcast and talked about it, but sadly we couldn't get him in time. We, I mean, we are still consulting with our with uh, our spiritual mediums. Perhaps we can get him on uh, his spirit on our show at some point. But you know, just stay tuned, stay in the scene. That's a level of technology that we're still working on, but mm -hmm. are working tirelessly to get to you because this is important. It's really hard to get microphones into the ghost dimension, yes. and 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 get a long enough cord that that'll reach my my house. So we're working on that. But um, until then. We will have uh, possibly video interviews that we could have of Gene Wilder where we can see if his spirit will talk to us through them. But Gene Hackman was in the movie uncredited, acting with Peter Boyle. And this is, this is a Hollywood you know, little side story that everyone loves to talk about. He was blind. He made himself blind because he couldn't stand the sight of the monstrous Peter Boyle. It, it scared him so much that he blinded himself. And I think he might be blind till this day. And he's just a really good actor. 
and he's been acting like he can see. And we have this kind of level of acting, because imagine Peter Boyle acting as Frankenstein, method acting. He, he smelled, he had different body parts attached to him on his arms. So that kind of method acting is given to Brad Garrett, is given to a Bigfoot. And that's how he can turn from a bad ghost to a good ghost, that range, that Frankenstein range. Because you know, we all think of Frankenstein as being a kind of like stoic, one word, you know, syllable kind of person. But Peter Boyle played him very differently. And that's where we see how good of an actor Brad Garrett became. But let's look at his mother, his overbearing mother in, 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 the, in the show. Um, you said her name was Doris? Doris Roberts. Uh, who's been an, another, a longtime actor with many, many credits, uh, has been around for years and has really been a part of the industry. You know, she's not necessarily the, at the top of the marquee, but she's just one of those people that has been on pretty much every single set mm -hmm. and could probably, you know, tell you again, this would be another really interesting person to get in contact with their spirit. Um, sadly, she is also passed on, mm -hmm. uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, we're, but we will be working to speak with, you know, this would be another person that would be interesting to speak with, especially because not only does she have team credits as, within her living body. She also has acting credits as a ghost post-mortem. Yeah, this is so strange. I mean, she's been, you know, past, she's been dead for about three years. Um, and yet she's already making movies as a ghost a, a year ago. So this is a, a very interesting story because this too is based in reality. So I'm not sure if, if, if she, you know, is, is reprising her role that really happened. I don't know the, the context of this movie, but it's called ZZ and Honey Boy. And it was uh, made in 2018, which is a full two years after she passed. I don't know how they did it. This, this could be like a, a Star Wars CGI thing, or it could be as simple as... They just filmed it in the ghost dimension, and it would be it would be interesting because this movie is uh it's about nine eleven, you know the terrorist attacks, so there's a lot of, of of paranormal activity surrounding this entire event, you know uh, this event changed the course of humanity and, and the way that we were going. So a lot it's a it's a supercharged event with ghosts flying everywhere, and we have a woman who is just newly a ghost as the star of this movie. So Brad Garrett had a lot to learn from. Yeah, I know. And as we go to, we could obviously go in way more detail in every single one of these productions. Mm -hmm. And we've already seen kind of the, the turns we've already taken. We're, all, we're already at 9-11 where we started talking about Bigfoot. So you see the, 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 the web. Is starting to to form together, but I think we should get back on track and talk about what we're here for, well, which is you know, about yeah. So here's here's the beauty of 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 our investigation, Rob, is that we've never strayed too far away. We've never strayed too far away from what we were talking about because what's her name again? Her name is Doris, right? Brad Garrett was in a movie. 
called Finding Dory. Mm. The year that she passed, 2016. Now, I don't want, yeah, the look on your face says it all. Guys, if, if you could see, it's just pure shock. We, we have not strayed far from, from what we're talking about. The fact that Brad Garrett has been in multiple Disney movies. We talked about he was in Finding Nemo. He was in Finding Dory. He was in Tangled. He was in the Night at the Museum movies. He was in A Bug's Life. All of these movies haunted. That's there, no questions asked, right? But these all have paranormal connections that we've gone into. Different people attached to them. Diane Keaton, Eugene Levy, Idris Elba, uh, all of these people have their own stories, their own ghost stories that we could get into. But we're just showing you a peek of Brad Garrett. We're, we're showing you the, the, the short, short side of this, just the cautionary tale part. We can get into details and in, in the muck in a further episode because I think he deserves a full episode, not just about all of his movies, uh, you know, we could go one by one. So all of these movies, including the Casper movie, including the Night at the Museum movies, uh, he's playing ghosts because Night at the Museum, if you remember, it's about how all of the uh, artifacts from a museum come to life oh, in, uh, at night. So that's ghosts coming to life, right? Spirits. Walking with Humans. He was in three movies, all all throughout being an Easter Island, right? I'm not sure anybody knows the significance of what an Easter Island ghost is, but the power of that, he remained, like, remains inside of himself. So this is a man that we really have to watch. So when we talk about Bigfoot, when we talk about, you know, minority groups, we, we forget about Bigfoot. We forget about Brad Garrett. And that's something that I wanted to remind everybody. And he's going to be on our watch list. This, you know, we might not do a depth step for him. Um, I'm not sure if he needs that because I don't think he's doing anything necessarily evil. I just think he happens to, because he's part of the paranormal cloth of, you know, society, he is a Bigfoot. I think that ghosts and other things, paranormal events are just attracted to him. And he happens to be walking a life of paranormal activity. I mean, it could be between Hollywood typecasting as well. Oh, wow. Because, right. I mean, you know, these are people, he's worked at Disney. He's probably been in the vault. They've probably kept him in the vault uh, at some mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these, this is not happening in an isolated event. There are very powerful players at hand here um and you know there's someone not wanting to get all this information out there and that's why it's important too that we're speaking about it and that we become more aware of it and i think this will only lead you know as we continue to do the show we lead we find that there are more and more paranormal actors and actresses and people mm -hmm. uh out there that are performing big names top celebrities that really have these paranormal backgrounds that we need to unpeel and unmask. And I, I, I guess when I say it like that, um, 
you know, I don't want to feel like we're outing anyone because this could be dangerous. Like in a certain way, there's a lot of people that might be frightened of Bigfoot and might mm. want to harm him or perhaps have some sort of scientific studies, you know, probe his body. And we are, we, we are not advocating, you know, that is the furthest of what we want to do. We were looking for in- inclusivity. So we do take that, we are taking that into consideration. And I, I think that's just as important as well as we just take us about this is, uh, how we treat the paranormal community as well. I, I think that's what we're looking for is to have greater harmony moving forward. Absolutely. So we have um, more evidence to present to you, but frankly, we don't have the time. Um, this next movie is going to be a doozy. Um, Brad Garrett is attached to something truly horrifying, and this might be the one thing that we we really have against him. Um, so until next week, we'll give you a little sample. Um, I'll play you um, the, the, the ending clip as, as we're exiting this, uh, this episode. But um, guys, next week we will be um, in a way more spooky zone. This is a, a movie that is an abomination. And, but we have a lot to learn from it, actually, because there's a lot of symbolism. So if, if you get the chance... Um, just prepare yourself, you know, listen to spooky music, listen to chains dragging on the floor, you know, eat a lot of candy. Um, it is a Halloween themed uh, special episode. So uh, Halloween in, in, in June, that sounds good to me. Um, so stay in the scene, guys. Um, Rob, your birthday's coming up. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to do a birthday episode for you. If we do, that'll be great. But if not, uh, have a happy, happy birthday. His birthday is in... Uh, how many days? Uh, just just a few. It's this Wednesday. It'll be on the 12th. So if you're listening to this uh, before now, Sunday, that we're recording it, the 9th, and this mm-hmm. next Wednesday, I'm feeling those birthday wishes. If you want to yeah. send some spiritual grams out to me, some spiritual cards, um, I'm, I'm, I'll be feeling it. I'm in tuned. Uh, right. I think I just got one right now. Thank you. Thank you. 